Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Lagavulin. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how are you doing today? Uh, good. I'm just recovering from a work trip this past week. You know, other than that, it's been a uh, quiet for me. Finally starting to hit fall around here in Cincinnati. Yeah, thank goodness. I'm re- I, was, I was ready for the cooler weather. Finally yeah. had a, finally set up a campfire in the backyard last night. It was it was good. And of course, fall means football. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, it's our been teams a aren't that doing. R- yeah, that rough, good rough start. Uh, uh, Bengals are zero and two, and uh, Colts are zero one and one. Yeah, zero so. one and one. So struggles abound, but luckily, like we were talking earlier, the AFC North sucks. So hopefully, Bengals will be able to you know right the ship and still be yeah. be able to get out of the get out of the, at least get in the playoffs. I don't even care if it if it's a wild card spot or not. But anyway, we're very excited for this one, uh, and I think for Andy and I, it's obvious re- reasons why we're excited, other than yeah. just the fact that this is a great whiskey. Um, or great whiskeys that we're going to try, um, but I like to call this one the Swanson. Of so course. this is obviously a big, uh, sh- a big show, a big whiskey for us. <laughs> yeah, so, there's definitely w- pop culture there. Oh yeah. References. So, so uh, without further ado, uh, why don't you jump in and tell everyone out there what they need to know about Lagavulin? Of course. So this is a an 106 year old distillery. They were founded in 1816, or 206 year old distillery, uh, founded in 1816 um, in the village of. What at least what is now called Lagavulin. Um, they're located like right on the southern southeastern tip of uh, the island of Isla, Scotland. Uh, kind of like right in between uh, the the distilleries of Laphroaig, very close to them down the road, uh, south of them, and then Ardbeg, just north of them, northeast of them on the island. Um, and it was something that they, as a distillery, or what is now known as Lagavulin, as the distillery, was uh, set up um, after two separate distilleries on the site or very close to each other in the same proximity ended up um, eventually merging into one distillery on the site. And, you know, while that was when more or less formally distilling began under Lagavulin at that time, uh, distilling, at least illegal distilling, um, on that site dates back like another 70-ish years before that. Hmm. 70, 75 years before that. Um, all the way back to eight, 1742. Uh, and it was something where, you know, shortly... It was something that, like, I think there was like 11 different illicit whiskey distilling people on that site before it became legal, probably in like the late 1700s, early 1800s, and then merged into Log Woolen. In 1816 there. And, uh, you know, shortly after they legally opened up, um, they actually had quite a few different legal battles with their, with Lefroig, who I was just mentioning, you know, is just a little bit southeast, like I think five or ten miles, or not southeast, southwest of them um, on the island, basically disputing whether everything they were doing is the same. Uh, Lagavulin ended up winning it because I guess they found that they, during the processes or whatever, like they, it ended up ultimately resulting in different processes and procedures and then also different tasting whiskey and everything, or at least distinctly 
different enough tasting whiskey for the time that they were, um, you know, that they could be distinguished as different. So Lagavulin was allowed to, you know, continue operating. Um, and it's something that, so a lot of distilleries um, in Scotland, what you'll learn, and this is one of them, um, you, you, you'll see a lot of their, it's either a lot of their distilleries are either going to be named after someone, which is something kind of similar to what a lot of bourbon distilleries or other distilleries just in general in America are. Sure. Um, or they're going to be named after like ancient phrases in Scot- like a Scottish Gaelic dialect. Huh. Uh, and this is where their name, Lagavulin's name comes from, um, which is, it's kind of a weird um, spelling of it, which is just how like Gaelic and everything is, spells. Um, but what it tr- like translated into English means is a uh, hollow of the mill. Uh, I don't know how they um, came upon that name. I couldn't find anything as to why they decided on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what translated it at least roughly means. And, and of course, you, you know, it's something that, you know, their process, again, they're another single malt scotch. Uh, as we were discussing, you know, last couple of weeks with um, Oben and Johnny Walker, you kind of had the differentiation between single malt or blended malt scotch whiskeys. Right. What that means. Um, but being a single malt, even in that single malt scotch whiskey um, realm, they're known as being just kind of a different breed of scotch, especially even even to some extent in the Isla region, which is known as being a different breed of scotch <laughs> in and of itself. Um, and it's something that, you know, for them, much like all Islas, or most if not all Islas, they use peat as their method um, for, like, basically stopping the germination of the barley sprouts that they use in distillation to get as much of the sugar as they can out of those sprouts to ultimately create their um, distillate that they age. Is there something different that other types of whiskeys use? Um, well, at least, in like, in America, you know, they'll typically use, like, wood, things like that to stop that. Gotcha. Um, or they, you know, use a different process to stop the germination or they'll, you know, extract the sugars uh, if they aren't allowing it to germinate uh, prior to beginning distillation. They'll just straight extract the sugars during the distillation process. Gotcha. But most scotches, I think, they start the germination process to get the sugars going mm. in the barley, in the grain. And then once it's ready, it's whatever, like, the peak sugar levels, as they've determined as a distillery. Right. Um, at least as I understand it, you know, then they'll somehow find a way to stop that germination, which stops it at that peak level of sugar or gotcha. as close to that peak level of sugar. Gotcha. Um, and just being on Isla, they, um, they, you know, the easiest method for them to use is peat gotcha. from the local peat bog near them or whatever sure. local peat bog is near them. Um, whereas some other distilleries might like use wood or something like that. Gotcha. Uh, or a mix of both, but that's something that that peat definitely helps give them a very, um, and just all Isla Scotch is a very distinct, peaty, smoky nose there for them. Right. Um, 
and and that's you know you can definitely notice that in the flavor of Lagavulin. Um, it, you know that's and it also kind of brings a very briny, um, seaweedy. Just being so close on an island, uh, so close to the sea and everything, brings those kind of sea notes to it, sure. if you will. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you know while they also use that um, you know method in their distillation and everything they also do a uh, lot slower of a distillation um method through their four different pot stills that they have um and, and that re- results in a little bit more of a complex uh smoother creamier note at least as i found it in the palette and everything on it um uh, you know, and it's something that, you know, that uh, all of that process leads to definitely a very distinct flavor for them um, that you can compare, you know, across all other Isla Scotches um, just to be a little bit more complex there. Uh, yeah. And, of course, it's something that, they, you know, this is, ends up going into a few different prod- products. Um, but before we get to the products, you know, most people will probably know this as being uh, a very, even if you're not like a, scotch person or whiskey person in general most if not everybody would probably know it from um you, you know if you're a parks and rec fan um hmm. you know nick offerman who is the actor that plays uh ron swanson grew up being a big fan of actually of log of Ulan. Oh, yeah. uh, i think that was like one of the first scotches he truly liked yeah. Uh, and I know he, that's like how he connected with one of the uh, show writers and helped, that's how they helped develop like Ron Swanson as a character. Gotcha. So Nick Offerman liked it before Ron Swanson did. Yeah. That's pretty and, cool. Yeah. And that's how they developed it as a, or at least that's how I understand it. That's how, gotcha. like yeah. he liked it prior to it and that's how they developed the character. Right. For, and, for those of you that don't know the show Parks and Rec, there's a character, Ron Swanson, and he exclusively drinks Lagavulin. Yeah. And uh, it's it's like a, it regularly comes up in in, However, in the show. I mean, so much so that at least in the show they have him. I don't think it's right. truly, of, of course, not in real life. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it actually happened in real life. But like, exclude at least in the show, they portrayed him buying at least like a fifty-one percent stake or something in yep. Lockville. Yep. Also, if you're interested or like the Scotch, it's a good show to go see because even though he doesn't really buy it. He does go visit yeah, it in he the does. show. So you get to see the distillery. You get to see shots of the area around it. It's uh, You get to see his journey there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you go check I it think out. that's what was that the start of season five or season six that they did that? I'm not sure which it was, episode it was. It was when they were, it was when yeah, they, they go were London. going to London. Yep. So look yeah. for the episode where in Parks and Rec where they go to London. Yep. Yeah. It's really good. And so, you know, that leads into the products that they have. Uh, so. We'll be trying two of them today. Uh, the first one will be their eight-year-old, which is a fairly new expression for them. I think that came out in 2018 or 2019, I want to say, around there. Then they also have actually a um, an 11-year-old Offerman edition, which is actually something that he collaborated with them as a brand yeah. um, cool. to do and put that together. Very hard to, yeah. to find. <laughs> Yeah, oh, very hard to find. I like I can't find it unless I'm shipping it. Yeah, at least in the Cincinnati market. Um, and and, like that's it's not one like it's not like one of those other celebrity whiskeys where it's like, you know, 
oh, hey, I just want to go. Like, he actually wanted to keep in touch with what Wagavoon is doing. Right. So, so, you know, he, it still, as I've heard, keeps that flavor and everything intact. Uh, Then they have a 12-year cask strength, which is about as old as the 8-year. And that was, at least starting out, I think that was to supposedly help commemorate their 200-year anniversary, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, And then, of course, they have their standard flagship um, product, which is their 16-year-old Lagavulin. And then they have a Fezil edition, which is basically every year, it's like there's a festival on the island Mm. um, celebrating, like, the history and the culture, distilleries, everything. And it's Lagavulin, along with other distilleries, I guess, will release their own lines. Or at least Lagavulin does. Cool. Uh, and then they have their distiller edition and then uh, other like just like random special editions that they'll release or like special art on the on certain ones that they'll just like release and everything from time to time. Cool. Well, um, that's, I mean, really exciting stuff. Very respected whiskey. Uh, today, we're actually going to be trying the eight-year expression and the 16-year expression. Uh, we're going to, of course, we're going to start with the eight-year. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, with our tasting, as always, we, uh, we start with the nose. Very peaty, in my, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Very peaty. Very, like, that, just very stereotypical. For anybody that knows what an Isla whiskey is, like, it's very peaty, very smoky. Um, oh, yeah, very smoky. At, like, and when I say woody, I really mean more smoky there. Um, Are there any, comp- like, complexities that you're, like, picking up on? Any other do, hints other than just, like, the peatiness and the I, smokiness? I do get, like, some, like darker fruits like dried plums or something like yeah. that in it um i get i get the dark fruit uh as well yeah and i do, yeah and then i do get like some light hint of like a almost like a seaweed or like a light sea breeze or something like mm. that on it as well gotcha. that kind of comes from i mean like i said they're basically right on that southeastern coast right. of isla of the island oh, so yeah. Yeah, get right some <laughs> get some of that at least reminiscent on it for sure Cool. Cheers. Let's give it a taste. Cheers. Very good. I like yeah. again the peat, that smoke that. It's a very very peaty earthy flavor on the palate. Yeah, so I'm um, actually pretty surprised. I like it more than I thought I would based on the nose. I really did yeah. not like the nose that much. Palette is not, um, I th- it's not, it's okay. Like, it's not, but scotch and the peatiness is just not my thing. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm getting some pepperiness. Yeah, I get a little some, bit more pepper on some, it. Some of that dark um, fruit that you mentioned in the nose, I'm getting that. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of peat. Yeah. Palette finishes peaty, it, it, lots of peat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, not as peaty as I thought it was going to be based off of the nose. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Lagavulin and anything off that island, uh, Isla, like in general, it's kind of a, for most people, it's a love hate relationship. Either you're going to really love, you know, if you love it, you'll really love it. Right. If you hate it, you really hate it. And it's all going to come down to how much do you love or not love that flavor yeah so i'm no. not a big fan but that's just my i just don't like scotches like that you know yeah so are there going to be scotches that are less like less peaty than the what the ones that are on that the, the aisle I, 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 isla yeah um 
So I think Coella will probably be. A, there are ones I'd have to go back and look at which ones specifically that would be. Gotcha. But I think like Coella. There are some that are not. Yeah. Like, it kind of varies by distillery. Like, some might be more peaty and everything there. Some might be less peaty. Most, if not all of them, will have that flavor in it, though. So, it's just kind of... Sure. Unlike if you were to go to, like, a Glenfiddich or a Glenlivet or, like, um, uh, Johnny Walker Open, which we tried the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, it's just kind of... A, it's a region that very much sparks debate on if you love it or don't <laughs> love it. Right. I got you. Cool. Uh, all right, folks, we are going to finish off our eight year and then come back and uh, wrap up with the 16. All right, and we're back and we're here to sample the Lagavulin 16 year. Uh, so, as always, uh, like we did with the eight, we're going to start with the nose. It's a lot more toned down. There's yeah, a little, I... like that peat, especially in that wood, like smoky note. Is toned down a lot there. Yeah, it's uh, definitely less peaty on the nose. 100%. Yeah, get a little bit more. I hate to say this, kind of get a little bit more of a, like a dry erase marker note on, hmm. like on it, and that kind of is substituting in for that peat or smoky note. Still smoky though. It's just kind of evolving more into that. Right. No, I get what you're saying. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Less PD on the on the palate yeah. than eight, I would say. Yeah, it's those extra eight years are definitely giving it some like roundness, complexness. It smoothed out the edges of it. Oh yeah, a little bit there. It's a little bit more like the palate wise. It's a lot more for me at least velvety. Oh yeah. Um. Still get you know obviously a lot of like the peat or smoky note there on the palate, but it's just it's a little bit more rich in depth like some caramel on there but still like some fruits and everything in there yeah, for me I, I completely agree with all of that 100 percent. all right folks that's it from us this week make sure you go over to apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast please subscribe leave a review listen to every you know listen to share every episode of distilled discussions uh, follow us on social media we really do appreciate your support have a great week uh pour yourself another whiskey and don't worry america we'll be here to drink with you next week